0: For our first message today, we have a split sermon from Mr. Sean Witt entitled, Thank You. Sean? Thank you, Reggie. I want to clarify first of all, it doesn't say thank you. You You're not to tell me thank you, (laughs) that's just the title. In life, we all have our share of trials and tribulations where it feels like we're getting spun around and pulled in every direction, and it's easy for us to get beaten down and wonder why these things are going on. Just recently, I was meditating and praying, and the thought, be thankful, came into my mind, and I had to stop and ask myself truly, am I thankful all the time in every situation, no matter what state my life is in. When someone gives you a gift or a compliment, out of proper courtesy, we tell them thank you, or we give them a thank you card. How do we express our thankfulness to God? How does he feel about us being thankful for all the things he has done for us? On our human level, we can get feeling hurt and... We get our feelings hurt pretty easily if we're not careful. I'm going to tell on myself, on this past Father's Day, just last Sunday, I got up and I was kind of offended because my kids didn't like run up to me and like, yay, Dad, happy Father's Day, and you're the greatest dad in the whole world, you know. (laughs) Because, um, you know, it's my day. And, uh, you know, so... I wanted the special recognition and it it didn't happen so you know I got kind of offended by it so I was having kind of a bad attitude I got up a little grumpy on that day you know I was probably a little too sensitive and I was blowing it out of proportion but I felt like they were being ungrateful and I was kind of upset with them but um, I realized that my attitude wasn't the greatest either because I didn't even call my own dad (laughs) till later in the afternoon So here I'm griping at them, you know, pot calling the kettle black. So um, anyway, if I felt this way on my own human lowly level, how must it make God feel when we, um, you know, we go through this life and he's granted us so many blessings that we're not showing proper gratitude to him for what he's done for us? One of the signs that points to the last days is unthankfulness. Turn with me, please, to 2 Timothy 3, two. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Now turn with me also to 2 Timothy 3, which we're still basically in, to uh, verse 1 through 4. But understand this, that in the last days there shall become times of difficulty for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This is our current society that we live in now. It's in the news all the time. It's so pervasive. We're surrounded by it. We have made it possible. Excuse me. It is so pervasive our society feels that what we have is owed to us. Or that we made it possible by our own means with taking God clear out of the picture. Remember, we are called out of this world. We're to come out of it and not be a part of this society and its pervasive attitudes. So now turn with me to Romans one twenty one to further expand on this. And this is a new international version. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Notice how it says their hearts were darkened. We'll expand on this in a little bit as we go through the message. We'll come back to that. That their hearts were darkened. The great God of the universe created us. He loves us and wants nothing more than the very best for us. He knows what's best for us. He knows better than we know what's best for us. We have to fight human nature with prayer and God's Holy Spirit to not be complacent and not to be unthankful. Turn with me now to Colossians 4, verse 2. Colossians 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with attitude of thanksgiving. We need to be alert and we need to make sure we're praying. It is very important that we keep in constant contact with God. Now let's turn also to Psalm 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. We need to be blessing him and praising him all the time. We need to turn to the next verse to further expand on this. So please turn with me to Luke 17, uh, verses 11 through 9, which um, talks about Jesus healing um, one of the ten men with uh, leprosy. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And they went and they were cleansed. One of them went, he saw that he was healed, and he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were there not ten clans? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, one of the ten came back and he praised Christ for healing him. Ninety percent of them did not come back. Are we going to be a part of the ten percent that does? have the right attitude, we need to be a part of that 10%. We need to be the one that came back. You know, being thankful is an issue of the heart. If we're unthankful, our heart is not right with God. Remember that Romans 121 said their hearts were darkened, as we mentioned before. So turn with me now, and we'll expand upon that in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Because it is a heart matter. Creating me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We need to do this daily. We can't just do it one time and think we're good. We need to always be asking God to renew our hearts at all times to make sure that we are right with him and uh, staying with what we're supposed to be doing. Now let's go to Ezekiel 36, verse 26. It's still based upon the heart. <laughs> And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of I will remove the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh and give you a excuse me and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh With a heart of stone we cannot have a thankful attitude it's impossible Psalm 50 verse 14 If you could please turn there Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Of all the people of the world, we should be the most thankful. Not for just what he has done for us in our nation, but you know, for the blessings of Abraham. But what he is doing in our personal lives as well. As a whole, if we're not careful, we can take for granted for what God has done for us. Being thankful will naturally draw us closer to God. It is a hard issue. You know, when things are going well, it's easy to praise God and tell him thank you. But what about when things are tough, when things are going harder? Let's say you lost your job, or you've just found out you have cancer, or your wife has dementia, and you just found out about that. Any other fear, fearful event that comes up in our lives? What does the Bible say about this, and how should we react when these troubling times happen? Turn to First Thessalonians 5.18, please. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Thankfulness displaces fear. Consider how, as parents, we are willing to provide an alternate opportunity for our children when their plans fall apart. Like a sleepover gets canceled because a friend gets sick. As a parent, we're willing to make a change to help them out. Like, I'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese or we'll go bowling or something. Kind of a substitute since you can't do that sleepover. But we're not willing to really do it if our kids are grumpy and in a bad attitude. We're going to be more willing to help them out. So we need to try to have a good attitude in our lives. If we as mere humans are willing to do this for our kids, what more is God willing to do for us? And at this point, I'd like to read a short story to you. Um, This is written by a chaplain who has got a lot of inspirational stories in here. It's called Prison to Praise. It's written by Merlin Carruthers. And he was actually a deserter, I believe, at the Vietnam War, But through life and um, circumstances and such, him turning his heart to God, he actually became a chaplain. So the name of this short story is called Praise Him, and it fits really well with uh, the message today. Discovering the power in praise was one of the most exciting experiences I've ever had. Yet, every time I wanted to share it with someone, it was as if God was saying, Hold it, this isn't the time. When Ron came to see me about his problem, he was a picture of misery and despair. Chaplain, you gotta help me. When I was drafted, my wife tried to commit suicide. Now, I've received orders for Vietnam, and she says, If I go, she'll kill herself. What can I do? Ron was an attorney and a member of the Bar Association, but he had been drafted and preferred to join the Army as a private. Now he was obviously distraught and unable to handle the situation with his wife. Ron, have your wife come and see me, and I'll see what I can do. Sue was also the picture of misery. Her body was frail, and she sat at the edge of the chair, trembling from head to foot. Tears flowed uncontrollably down her face. Chaplain, her voice was barely audible. I'm scared. I can't live without Ron. I looked at her and a wave of compassion brought tears to my eyes. I knew Sue's story. She'd been adopted as a baby and estranged from her adopted family. And Now, no one in the world except Ron, the two of them were very much in love, and knew that if Ron went to Vietnam, she would stay alone in a rented room in a strange town. I prayed silently for wisdom to comfort her. Tell her to be thankful. I shook my head in disbelief. I must have heard wrong. Her, Lord? Yes. You may begin to share with her." I looked at Sue's tearful face and my heart sank. Okay, Lord, I'll trust you. Sue, I'm glad you came, I said smiling with a confidence. I didn't feel. You don't have anything to worry about. Everything is going to be all right. Sue straightened herself, wiped away her tears, and managed a trembling little smile. I continued. What I want you to do is to kneel here with me and thank God that Ron is going to Vietnam. She looked at me in blank disbelief. I nodded, yes, Sue, I want you to thank God. She immediately began to weep, almost hysterically. I calmed her as best as I could and began reading to her from the Bible the verses I had learned to trust in over the past few months. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God and Jesus Christ concerning you. All things work together for good to them who love the Lord. Carefully I tried to show her the wonderful truths I had found to be real, Nothing seemed to help. Sue believed in God and in Christ for her despair her belief but in her despair her belief was of no comfort. Finally she left my office crying with no peace of mind and certainly no joy. Lord, I have completely misunderstood you. That girl wasn't helped a bit. Patience, son, I'm working. The next day Ron came to my office. Chaplain, what did you tell Sue? She's worse than she was before. I told Sue the solution to her problem, and now I'll tell you. I want you to kneel down and thank God you're going to Vietnam. And that, excuse me, they're going to Vietnam, and that Sue is so upset she's threatening to kill herself. Ron didn't see the point either. Carefully, we went over the scriptures. This is the will of God concerning you. Ron said, now I understand why Sue didn't understand. I don't understand either. And he left. Two days later, he came back. Sir, we are desperate. You must do something to help us. They were both hoping that I, as a chaplain, would be able to put in a plea for another assignment for Ron. Again, I explained to them, the only solution God has is letting... Excuse me. Again, I explained to them, the only solution God was letting me hold up before them. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. If you can only believe that God is really working this thing out for the best for both of you, then you'll have to just trust him and begin to thank him, regardless of what the situation looks like. Ron and Sue looked at each other. What do we have to lose, honey? Ron said. We knelt, and Sue prayed. Lord, I thank you that Ron is going to Vietnam. It must be your will. I'm sure I don't understand, but I'll try. Then Ron prayed. Lord, this is very strange to me, too, but I trust you. Thank you that I am going to Vietnam and that Sue is so upset Thank you that she might even try to hurt herself. (laughs) They left my office, and later I heard what had happened. Ron and Sue had gone to the chapel and knelt together at the altar. They had turned their lives to each other over to God in a deeper commitment than ever before. And now Sue had the strength to pray. God, I thank you that Ron is going to Vietnam. You know how much I will miss him. You know I don't have... A father or mother or brother or sister or family of any kind, I will trust you, Lord. Ron prayed, God, I do thank you. I give you Sue over to you. She's yours, and I'll trust you will take care of her. With that, they rose from the altar. Ron went through the chapel and headed for this unit while Sue came back to the waiting room next to my office. She needed to sit quietly and collect her thoughts. While she sat there, a young soldier came in and asked for the chaplain. Sue told him that I was busy but if you wait a while, I'll tell him that you're here," she offered. I'll wait, said the young soldier. He looked distressed, and Sue asked, What is your problem? My wife wants a divorce. Sue shook her head. It won't do much good to see that, chaplain. (laughs) She said, but the soldier wasn't easily discouraged, and while they were waiting, he took out his billfold and began to show Sue pictures of his wife and children. When he turned to the next picture, Sue screamed, Who is that? That's my mother. That's my mother, Sue said, shaking with emotion. That couldn't be, the soldier replied. I don't have a sister. It is. I know it is. What makes you think that? When I was a little girl, I happened to find a picture, I happened to find a piece of paper in my parents' desk that showed I was adopted. In the upper right-hand corner was a picture of my real mother. That's her. It's the same lady. And as it was, further checking revealed that Sue had been promised for adoption before she was born, and her natural mother had never seen her. She had no idea where Sue was, and had never heard anything about her since the day she was born. Now Sue had a brother, a real brother, and with him came a whole family. Was it a coincidence? There, is, there are more than 200 million people in the United States What would be the odds against that particular soldier walking in the door to my office, just as Sue had made a covenant with God to praise him for her loneliness and lack of family? And I could read some more about the story, but I think that's a good stopping place. Um, Actually, her husband, he ended up not having to go to Vietnam. And because of him being in law practice, he um, met somebody also who they were able to serve together in a law firm um, Stateside, I guess, during the war. So, a very inspiring story regarding distrusting God. So, now let's move on to our next scripture. I'd like to turn to 1 Timothy 4, verse 4 through 5. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected. If it is received of gratitude, it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. By being thankful and remembering God's character, it helps to remove, or at least quiet, the voice of fear in our minds. And I'm just going to reference John 3:16. "God so loved the world that He gave His only-begotten Son to us, so if He loves us that much, he's going to take care of us, no matter what." Let's turn now to Colossians 3:15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule over your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God and the Father through him. You know, David wrote the Psalms, praising and thanking God. Think of how thankful you are when we're singing the hymns and when we have our praise and worship super Sabbaths. In conclusion, I had a great Father's Day. My kids both secretly made me a great big card that they lovingly handcrafted for me. And also, I had a Skype call with my parents later in the day, which I hadn't done in a very long time, so that was very nice as well you know it's very easy to take for granted what we have and I realized early in the day I was being grumpy and at that moment I chose to be thankful I changed my way of thinking and for the rest of the day um, I was had a great day and it changed my family's attitude you know when my attitude's grumpy and everybody you know goes down like it says when my mom is not happy nobody's happy but when I wasn't happy they weren't happy as well they could feel that you know, God expects us to be thankful in all things. And in conclusion, I may have already said that, but in conclusion, Kim shared with me some thoughts about a book she read a while back. Uh, the book is called, Ten Th- it's called A Thousand Gifts. And the author was searching for meaning, uh, confounded by several trials that she'd had that have occurred in her life. And... She challenged herself to find a gift, even in the midst of the trial. Example, like a bird outside singing. Just enough of, this is a small gift, the bird outside singing. Thank you, God, for that. So she wrote down, her goal was to create a list of a thousand gifts. It transformed her thinking and helped her to be thankful. I have a challenge for us. Keep a list of things to be thankful for. Search out the gifts that we see, and also praise God for the ones that we don't see. Tell him that you trust him. Use his trials for glory. By doing this, I think in some way we free up God to deliver his best for us. And one verse in conclusion, um, Matthew 18:18. 18, 18, Whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. And by being thankful, we are not limiting God.